You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. This time it's not real football in the spring. No, man, it's just the spring practice. Oh man, that's that good stuff, man. <laughs> Don't I seem sucker like Gamecock? Ugh. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess it. I guess it is that time. I'm gonna bust out my jorts, my. Oh, Florida Gators tank top, man. It's going to be a good time, man. Have some bush lights. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is one of the weirder personalities you've ever displayed on the podcast. Yeah, man. I'm saying, man, I get it, man. It's all good. <laughs> Did you, like, watch spring practice on ESPNU today or something? <laughs> I've been reading the ton of spring practice coverage. <laughs> I love spring practice. <laughs> Uh, spring practice, man, is better than fall practice. It is because usually in fall practice, it's it's overshadowed by the actual games. Yeah, man. <laughs> man, so we just practice have old pur- pur- purple gold game. <laughs> Make some bar- bar- barbecue, watch some mm. baseball. Mmm, mmm. Wonderful, man. Just the best. I love it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Welcome. Welcome this, 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 yeah, this is what happens when we're on international break. Yeah. You know what? Fair enough. That's it's gonna be that kind of episode then on episode four oh seven. I can't wait for next week. Uh of the Afford Affair podcast. <laughs> Welcome everyone. We had actual football to talk about this week. Uh next week, mm, it's gonna be a little Next week, I'm gonna be bringing that. I'm gonna be breaking down spring practice, and man, what you need to take to your tailgate for the spring game, man. Uh, my name is Edward Green, and join us always by Colin Crime. Wes, I love spring practice, Bradshaw. And uh, um, what, what, what would you say? What would you say? Just give, give us a little preview. What, what would you say is like what, not your top thing, but like your second or third thing you want to bring to spring practice, man. Everybody knows first thing, man, got to get that Yeti cooler full of ice-cold bush lights. <laughs> but, you know, that man bring old grill, throw me some hamburgers on there, and some sides, man, want tater salad, maybe a little coleslaw, 
Man, that's good eating right there, man. Take your little tin out there, sit out in the parking lot, Bryce Williams Stadium, and get ready to watch some sucker like Gamecocks. Uh, amazing, as we uh, are now sponsored by Bud Light Next. Bud Light Next, it's what's next to be man, pissed at you at record speed. That's delicious. <laughs> I feel old, refreshing on a, on a warm southern summer day, man. But it's spring. It's, it's, it's called spring. spring. Summer, man, it's hot as shit right here tonight, man. It's hot as humid. You know how it is. <laughs> oh, man. We're, uh... Oh, the international break is great. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Premier League, uh, what, what did t- transpire over this past weekend. Uh, we have Champions League. I was able to fit in the actual draw on last week's episode. But now we can actually discuss it with Wes uh, as the draw has been decided in what is, I think, a very, very good draw um, in terms of setting up big uh, semifinals and finals. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we also have FA Cup to talk about, um, where where one of the draws almost resulted uh, in the, the doomsday scenario of Man City and Liverpool playing four times in like 12 mm-hmm. days. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, but it going to happen twice um so we will have that uh, a brief update on where things stand going into the final stage of world cup qualification for the 2022 winter world cup not not in spring not in summer but it's still going to be super fucking hot mm-hmm. uh then we're gonna do some quick news and notes uh we'll pimp the athletic out uh and then we'll hit the watch for and uh we will call it a pod the pod as always is presented not by bud light next but by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, so with that, the week that was, and again, it was a very, very brief week in the Premier League. On Friday, oh, the fighting Jesse Marshes there. They're just really, really getting it uh, now. Uh, a come-from-behind win as uh, Wolves went down to 10 men up to nil uh leads then rattled off three straight goals jack harrison with the goal in the 63rd minute rodrigo with the goal just a few minutes later and then eiling with the goal in the 91st minute another great result for leeds uh jesse marsh's men doing work over there and uh they are inching ever closer to uh to a nice comfortable spot staying up in the Premier League. Uh, Elsewhere on Saturday, uh, Arsenal with a workmanlike 1-0 victory over Aston Villa. Karisaka with the 30th minute goal there. And then on Sunday, we had Leicester 2, Brentford 1. Leicester with two early goals from Castagne and Madison um, was enough to push Brentford over the edge. And then finally, uh, breaking the win-loss, win-loss run. Well done, everyone at Tottenham Hotspur. They've won two matches in a row. If they win another, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. Uh, Tottenham 3, West Ham 1, Kurt Zuma getting shit on all game long. You love to see it. Uh, His own goal started things off for Spurs in the ninth minute. Uh, Hyungman's son with the brace with a goal in each half. Uh, Benrama did have a goal in the 35th minute to make it 2-1, but Spurs threw it into cruise control and uh, broke down West Ham's defense quite easily late on for the third goal. 
Um, so Spurs, very vital three points as they somehow try to make their way back into the discussion of top four. Um, so that was actually it. Um, and so, Wes, I think those were probably like the couple of big results. Each one of these results, maybe with the exception of the Leicester match, um, was actually really big. You know, again, Leeds being able to secure three points, get closer back up the table and away from that relegation scrap with the likes of Everton. Um, and then Tottenham and Arsenal both winning, which which some point down the line, because as to my knowledge, it still hasn't been rescheduled yet officially. Um, that, that North London derby between the two loom very large as uh, we are into what people would describe the business end of the Premier League season. Oh, yeah. Um, going back to Leeds, you know, they, they made the move mm-hmm. to uh, take out Marcelo Bielsa. Um, they replaced him with Jesse Marsh. They immediately get a lot of shit kind of back at him. Oh, yeah. And you know, what happens? Yeah, Marsh comes in that first match. They don't look great, but they look a whole lot better. And now they've won back-to-back matches. That's big. I mean, that's that's all you can ask from Jesse Marsh. And all you can ask of Leeds United. Give themselves a fighting chance. And um, I just I think he's doing a fantastic job there. Um, and we'll see how it keeps going, but they have definitely put themselves into a much better position mm-hmm. going forward uh, than they were in just a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as you look on their schedule right now, um, again, the back-to-back wins against Norwich and Wolves. Uh, Norwich, you know, in that relegation scrap, so pushing more distance between those two teams. Um, but, you know, the road the road is not easy, as we've started doing a little more lately, looking at teams' upcoming schedule. Um, they still have Chelsea, City, and Arsenal on the schedule um, in, in the run-in. But luckily for them, maybe, uh, only one of those matches is on the road, and it is the Arsenal one in May. Uh, Chelsea and City both at Elon Road. Um, so that's and, – and we know, like, when Elon Road gets rocking, oh, that can be a really tough p- place to play. Uh, you know, City already dropped points at Palace, you know, a couple weeks ago. So I, I think there's definitely a time where uh, where Leeds could pick up some points, maybe if, if, you know, a team like a Chelsea or a City doesn't come in and give uh, Leeds their full respect. And, and you know, there, there, there's certainly a chance then for Leeds to, uh, to pick up some points where maybe that wasn't likely a month or two ago. And, you know, Leeds, Leeds are that club. They just they need a little bit of uh, belief behind them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, those fans are able to lift that squad as they go. Uh, Ellen Road is definitely one of the uh, snake pits of the Premier League, has all the potential to be that, has been that for many years uh, over multiple divisions. And I think, um, yeah, they they hated to lose Marcelo Bielsa. The Mm -hmm. fans loved him. But I think right now they really love the fact that they're (laughs) finding a way to stay up. Yeah, they are. They're looking closer and closer to that. Um, again, the other two big matches, though, there was, or at least the results, uh, the big results were Arsenal getting the win over Aston Villa and Spurs getting the win over West Ham. Um, there, of course, is a big dogfight for that fourth place position. Uh, Arsenal right now uh, is at 54 points uh, with a match in hand against Tottenham, who are at 51. 
Uh, United are at 50. Um, West Ham and Wolves are at 40 and 46, but they have kind of fallen off, and they've also played a match more than both Spurs and United. So, Wes, it's starting to look a little bit more like that fourth-place spot is going to be up to either Arsenal, Spurs, or United. Uh, You know, we've we've been checking on this a lot throughout the season. As we head into this international break, who do you think is, is, you know, in that pole position to, to come through out of the break and, and really ratchet up and finish in the, the Champions League spot? I mean, just looking right now, uh, going into April, Arsenal definitely in the driver's seat. Um, they've got, well, I mean, A, they've got the three-point lead uh, over Spurs, the four-point lead over United, plus they do have the match in hand over both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you take a look at Arsenal's uh, upcoming schedule, there's a good chance for points uh, coming up here in April. Uh, Crystal Palace now. Palace, you know, obviously making that deep run in the FA Cup. They're not a pushover team, but they are still 12th in the division. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a good chance to get points there. Uh, Brighton at home at Southampton. That's their first three matches of the month. They've gotten to feel really good about getting nine points. Then a tough one on the 20th of April with Chelsea. And then they host Manchester United in what could potentially be a make-or-break match for both of those clubs Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of April. And then just a quick look into May. I mean, it's it's doable. Uh, West Ham, Leeds, Newcastle, and Everton to end the season. It's a very workable schedule for Arsenal. I think Arsenal had the advantage... Plus that match in hand. Let's say, let's give them three for that match in hand. I mean, that's a six-point lead. Um, so it's going to take some. It's going to take some doing from Arsenal to kind of drop themselves down. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, I mean, are there two teams that you can't totally trust more week to week <laughs> than Tottenham and Manchester United? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, so that's that, 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 but they don't count. Do with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something that you've got to look at as well. I'm not really big on Arsenal getting back into Europe, but right now I definitely think they have um, they have every good chance to get themselves back into Europe. Absolutely. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, um, I know you didn't mention it because, and I'm just looking at their schedule now, it's not on here either, um, mm-hmm. but there is still that North London derby with Tottenham at mm-hmm. some point. <laughs> we That's we true. don't know... We don't know when yet. Um, now, I do know, um, and who knows if this is, is is related to it or not, but I do know Arlo White made a tweet a couple days ago, I think, um, pretty much saying, because he apparently has gotten his what the matches he's calling for NBC uh, going into the run-in here. Um, and he seemed to be quite intrigued by some of the matches. So I do wonder if maybe that Spurs Arsenal match has been already rescheduled and it just hasn't gotten out yet when it's going to be. Um, I've seen some people saying just based on when when other matches are happening, we could see that match getting played late into May. Um, which and if, of course, then because of how things are going, that could be a midweek match like. We could be seen, you know, maybe around May 10th, 11th, uh, which if both those teams are still close, buddy, you want to talk about big matches. That's that's about as oh, big yeah. as it gets there. Um, 
So yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested to see where it is. Um, I'm a little bit encouraged by Spurs how they kind of went into this break. Hopefully nobody dies on international duty, and then we can come back with a full squad. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never, especially especially when it comes to those Argentinians. Um, but but yeah, I, I think I, I do wonder if maybe Spurs have a little bit of an advantage with Conte and him having been in these kind of fights before, whereas Arteta hasn't has a head coach. So I do wonder if if maybe that will play a little bit and with Spurs just being more experienced now experienced at what I don't know, but they are more experienced. Um, so something. Yes. Um, so I, I do think it's interesting. I do think Spurs still have a very good shot. Um, and of course, if they win that match in, uh, not in hand, but, uh, uh, the head to head that does pull them back in where if they can string a bunch of wins together, put pressure on Arsenal, Maybe there's a way back in, um, but it is going to be very tough, um, especially especially with the run in to come. Um, so yeah, that's that's how things look. Um, two teams we haven't really talked about yet are Manchester City and Liverpool. Uh, they didn't play in the Premier League this week, and we'll get to their matches here in just a little bit. Um, but they're both still top of the table, one point separates them uh, as they go into their final nine matches each to end the season. Of course, the one looming large will be not the one right after the international break, but the one after that between these two teams. Again, Sunday, April 10th, 11.30 a.m. at the Etihad between Liverpool and Man City. What could be a true title decider? Um, uh, I, I, you know, no, we'll save that for next week. We'll save that for next week because that's that's going to be big. That's that's so big. Um, and that's that could really determine everything. Um, again, Chelsea kind of just chilling in third place at 59 points. Then there's the group of four with Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United, West Ham. Uh, at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, this is where things stand. Uh, Leeds uh, are now seven points clear of the drop. They are looking pretty good. Uh, Everton right now are just three points ahead of Watford, but they are, do have two matches in hand. Uh, Watford is in 18th place. Burnley is level on matches with Everton and four points back. So again, if I think if Everton is fearful of a team passing them, it could be Burnley um, if they can string some wins together. And then Norwich, they're pretty much guaranteed to go down at this point. Uh, eight points from safety with nine to play. Um, so that is your table. Again, we are heading into an international break. So... Rest up, and once once we finish this break, you hit the ground running, and it's nonstop for the rest of the season. So uh, I'm very excited. We, we do have a title race on our hands. We have a relegation fight on our hands. Um, we have a, top, a fight for the top four on our hands. Um, and, you know, Wes, just as we look kind of over the entire season, um, I'm really glad we're in this position here at the end of March when it looked like at the beginning of January, a lot of this looked like it had already been kind of wrapped up. So the fact that we have three big races heading into the final month, month and a half of the season is, is a really good feeling. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, things change so quickly. I think we come to conclusions so quickly sometimes without mm -hmm. really uh, thinking about the fact that 
you know, these teams, uh, momentum is a big thing. You can keep momentum. You can lose momentum. Uh, shit happens pretty damn constantly. And yes. um, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we, we've always got different things happening. Um, man, just, I mean, this is going to be awesome. You know, um, it's a great run in at both the top and the bottom of the table. Just strap in and enjoy it, folks. Absolutely. Just to give you a quick preview of what will be coming that next week uh, when we come back. So again, not this weekend, but the next. Uh, Liverpool will be hosting Watford in the early match on Saturday. Um, Man City will be playing in the mid-slot against Burnley. Uh, and Manchester United will be hosting Leicester in the 12.30 p.m. match. Um, on Sunday, uh, West Ham looks to rebound against Everton. Tottenham will be taking on Newcastle. And then that Monday, Palace hosts Arsenal. Uh, Super Patrick Vieira against Arsenal at Selhurst Park. That is a pretty tasty matchup. Uh, so again, that's a quick preview of what will be coming next weekend after the international break. Um, as we look now to the Champions League quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, all of them have now been drawn. We have our bracket. Uh, and Wes, I, I think if you were, as I kind of teed up at the beginning of this show, I think if you were a fan of wanting to see the best teams play each other as late as possible, I think we got about as good of a bracket as we can. Um, on one side, we're going to have um, Benfica versus Liverpool in one quarterfinal. The winner of that will meet up with the winner of Villarreal versus Bayern Munich. On the other side of the bracket, we have Manchester City taking on Atletico Madrid. The winner of that one faces off against the winner of Chelsea and Real Madrid. Um, so we could, I think, if the 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 the, resu the results we would maybe expect, quote unquote, happen, we could be looking at a semifinal of Liverpool versus Bayern and City versus Chelsea. Uh, we also could have an all Madrid semifinal, uh, which would be insane as well. Um, so Wes, I think this draw is really good. I'm sure you're happy getting Benfica as a Liverpool fan. Uh, but I, I do think that this was about as good a quarterfinal draw as a neutral could hope for as we look down the line the rest of the tournament. Well, sure, because you do have some marquee matchups, uh, Chelsea and Real Madrid. Yeah, um, that is that is the marquee matchup of this round. Um, even though you know, definitely don't be sleeping on Manchester City and Atletico because mm -hmm. you know if there's one person who would absolutely love to stifle and piss off Pep Guardiola. Obviously, it'd be Diego Simeone. <laughs> um, and he's done it before. That's the thing. You know, he, he's done it before. Um, you know, at the bottom bracket, of course, the one I'm keeping my eye on, Liverpool, Benfica. I mean, I said it last week here on the show. You know, that's that's who you're kind of dreaming of if you're mm -hmm. Liverpool. And, I mean, that's exactly what happened. So, <laughs> I mean, nothing really to add that works out well. Liverpool still have to show up, but... Sure. Um, I mean, they're going to be in a good position, you know. That that they've got a good, um, a good outlook on the quarterfinal, um, and then Bayern, most likely Bayern Munich, um, waiting 
in in the semifinal, and they've got to get through Villarreal. But you know, once again, I think Bayern couldn't have really asked for a better matchup. Um, and then you know, like we said, and that would be an awesome, awesome semifinal. Uh, the three top teams in the uh, in the betting pools are City, Liverpool, Bayern. Yeah, so someone was going to have to play each other somewhere before the final. Yeah. Liverpool Bayern would be pretty awesome. You know, uh, it'd be a rematch of a couple of years ago when they played in the Champions League. I believe it was the year we won the Champions League. We played Bayern, mm-hmm. but not them out. Um, but also, I mean, just anytime you get Jurgen Klopp against Bayern Munich, that's <laughs> that's a fun matchup because there's there's some blood there. I'm not going to yes. call it bad blood, but there's definitely some feelings there. Uh, Klopp has spoken in the past about Bayern. Uh, was never really happy when Bayern used to come and take his best players from Dortmund every year. And so you know, he always I think really gets up for that. And for him too, a chance to go back to Germany. I mean, he's never gonna not be up for that. Um, so those two on paper, pretty cut and dry. Up top, man, I tell you though, those um, those two Madrid teams. The thing is, they could cause problems, or they could both get run off pretty easily. Yeah. Um, a few interesting things to think about. So Chelsea, this is only the third time ever that that um, Real Madrid and Chelsea have matched up. Oh. Um, and it's it was I believe last year in the Champions League they matched up, and then once back in like the late seventies they matched up in a match. Real has never beaten Chelsea. Oh. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think there was another time, maybe in like the 80s or something. But um, they, they've never beaten Chelsea. So that's something interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, also, you know, when you look at Manchester City, and we talked about that schedule earlier uh, with Liverpool and everything. So basically the way it falls, Liverpool will play Benfica, then turn around and play Man City in the league, then Benfica again, and then City in the in the uh, FA Cup. Yeah. Well, City, on the other hand, get Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool. Yeah, that's that's so a difference. Definitely, definitely the tougher midweek matchup um, is is going to uh, Manchester City. So, you know where where Jurgen Klopp. Um, may have the opportunity to do a little rotation. Hang on Benfica, Pep may not really have that luxury. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see how it affects not only their Champions League draw, but also their Premier League draw and see if that does anything to them. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we've always talked, you know, just we talked about it in the last round when Atletico was playing Manchester United. You know, Atletico is going to make it a fight. They're going to make it an unfun matchup, you know, where and where City loves to play that, you know, that beautiful, flowing, attacking football. Atletico are just going to be shithousing you. So it's it does make for a very big conflict of styles. You've talked about how uh, Simeon wants to get the best of um, Guardiola. Um, so yeah, I, I am very much looking forward. I think City on paper should win. Um, but there is every chance that you know Atletico gets a few quote unquote lucky goals 
and they're into the next round. And it's not like City's never lost in the quarterfinals to a team they maybe shouldn't. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is uh, this is very exciting. Um, so again, you know, we could have an all English semifinal. We could have an all Madrid semifinal. Um, and then, yeah, I think you're right that that Liverpool Bayern Munich semifinal would just be amazing over two legs. Um, I, I think the though I mean they're not just the best. Uh, they're not just the two of the three odds makers favorites. I think they're just two of the best three teams in the tournament uh, from start to finish. So this, yeah. This is this was a really good draw. Well done, well done, whoever orchestrated this draw. Well done by you. Um, yeah, you uh, I guess I guess my thing for you, Wes. Now I'm 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 going to ask you with the draw in place, who wins the Champions League from this spot? And I feel like you're going to say Liverpool, not just because you're a, a huge Liverpool homer, but because you genuinely believe that, and I can accept that answer so i will say if it is liverpool who would you expect if not them so that's right of course i am going i am going with the mighty liverpool because i believe the destiny's just there this year but anyway um outside of liverpool i'm gonna tell you who i think really is suited well for this and to me that is um that is Chelsea. Okay. Um, Chelsea. We've already seen it in the Carabao Cup final. Mm-hmm. Chelsea just have kind of this uh, this this shitness to them, <laughs> and that's not hating on Chelsea at all. They just uh, they know how to. They're they're a tournament team, I think. I think they're a team that's built for these tournaments. They're built for the home and away. They're built for the one-off. Um, they're not put together well enough to win the league. That's Liverpool. That's City. But man, they—I mean, we've seen it the last two years. They are extremely difficult to knock out of these tournaments. I mean, it took Liverpool literally like the most amazing <laughs> shootout of all time. To get past them in the uh, in the League Cup, and I could just uh, I could just see them. I mean, I could see that happening again, and them finding a way to win the tournament, much like they did last year over a City team that was uh, very much favored over over Chelsea in the final. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a really that's a really good call. Um and I, I think that you know that that is a little bit of lostness is that yeah, that that Chelsea Real Madrid match because Real Madrid hasn't looked super great and even, you know, they didn't look really good against uh PSG for, you know, essentially a hundred and fifty minutes, let's call it. Um, and then for the last really half hour, good against, uh, Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that, that is certainly a point of concern. Um, and you do have to wonder, like, even though they are leading La Liga this year, like is La Liga overall just kind of down a little bit. I know that's weird to say when La Liga got three teams into the quarters, but, but not, not the strongest of teams. I still feel, um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, full credit to Real Madrid for getting past PSG, but then you also have to say, was well, was this just actually another PSG collapse? You know, mm-hmm. so I, I do think this this could be a big big get for Chelsea. Um, you know, they they don't have to focus as much on the league because unfortunately for them, they're you know they're over ten points back. They're not getting to the top. They're also probably not going to be overtaken by multiple teams for a Champions League spot for next year. So yeah, I think if you're Chelsea at this point, you just you just kind of go all out for it. Um, I know there's still in the FA Cup as well, but um, yeah, I, th- I think if you're Chelsea, you just go for it. And, and yeah, and obviously Tuchel knows how to go deep into this tournament. He did before at PSG, even though he didn't win it, but he did win it with Chelsea. So yeah, he's he's got something there. So. I almost think the failings of PSG the last few years show even more how good a manager Thomas Tuchel is. Jesus, God, he got PSG to a final, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck you, PSG. <laughs> One of the easiest things in the world to agree on. Um, <laughs> so those first legs will be taking place on April 5th, April 6th. Um, City, Atletico, along with Benfica, Liverpool on the 5th, and then Chelsea, Real, Villarreal, Bayern on the 6th. So big, big quarterfinal matchups coming. And then late in April, early May, the semifinals will be taking place once we have them. Um, Speaking of that FA Cup, um, we had uh, four matches on the weekend. The quarterfinals are done. Uh, Chelsea... Uh, with goals from Romelu Lukaku and still better than Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech. Uh, they had two first half goals, and that was enough to knock out Middlesbrough as they get the 2 0 victory. Uh, Crystal Palace just, <laughs> you want to talk about Real Madrid not looking very good against Barcelona? That's about what it looked like when Crystal Palace went up against Everton. 4 0 drubbing of the Evertonians. Uh, as Crystal Palace may, marches on to Wembley, and they get a uh, they get a semifinal. Um, although the, uh, the only time that Everton will ever be compared. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, elsewhere, uh, City City was a little dicey at halftime uh, after America Laporte's own goal got Southampton back in at one one, uh, and then City scored three goals in the final. Half hour and one four to one, and it was kind of just over. Raheem Sterling scored a goal in that game, though. Imagine what he could have done if you'd put him on in the final 20 minutes against Palace, eh, Pep? You know, it's uh, you know, oh, hey, I love it, I love it because it, it made the title race better, but man, still a really stupid decision. Um, and then uh, Liverpool through Diego Jota's 78th minute goal gets past plucky Nottingham Forest. 1-0 as they will head on to the semifinals. Uh, and the draw did come out there. Uh, as Wes mentioned earlier, uh, it will be City versus Liverpool at the Etihad. So yeah, they can just go to the Etihad on the 10th and just kind of hang around because next weekend they'll be right back there uh, playing them again. Uh, that will be the first semifinal. Chelsea Palace is the second semifinal. Um, so Wes, dare I say, we could be looking at a second straight cup final between Chelsea Liverpool. Dare could we get three Chelsea Liverpool cup finals this year, Wes? Uh, there, <laughs> there's a chance of it. Yeah, 
There's, I mean, there's a very good chance of it. Uh, but Liverpool, of course, um, going to have to find the way to uh, beat Manchester City. And, uh, you know, those two big matchups, they are hmm. – I mean, there's something. And as a Liverpool fan or a fan of either team, you kind of say, well, if you could only win one, which would you rather win? And I think for both of them, it's going to be that league match at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that also means potentially if you lose that league match, maybe that FA Cup match gets just a little bit bigger. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's, I mean, it's a it's a lot to watch, and we're we're gonna see what happens here. But wow, April! Yeah. Holy shit! April's about to be something. April's about to be lit, y'all. Oh. It is going to be lit, fam bambos. Um, yeah, absolutely. What what a what a draw for the semifinal again with City versus Liverpool. That is going to be the weekend of April sixteenth, um, and then the following day again, Chelsea versus Palace. Uh, don't sleep on Palace. You know they 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 got nothing to play for in the league, so they they could put literally every egg in their basket mm-hmm. for that April seventeenth match against Chelsea. Um, absolutely. So that'll be that, that that definitely has a chance to be an upset there. Um, so we'll be keeping our eyes on that, of course. Uh, and then finally, in match talk, uh, we are starting up World Cup qualification. The final sets of matches uh, will be played this coming week and a half. Um, just a quick trip around uh, in Asia, Iran and South Korea have already qualified. And it's pretty much down to you, UAE and Lebanon for the third spot in one group. In the other group, it's Saudi Arabia, Japan, and Australia fighting over the course of two matches to see what order they finish in first, second, and third. Uh, over in Africa, um, they're down to uh, two leg ties between 10 teams. Uh, the winner of each tie goes on to the World Cup. So five of these teams will be advancing. The matchups are Egypt, Senegal, Cameroon, Algeria, Ghana, Nigeria. DR Congo versus Morocco and Mali versus Tunisia. So those will be taking place over the next week. Uh, again, the winners of each of those two leg matches uh, will be heading to the World Cup. <clears throat> over in CONCACAF land, uh, the United States essentially needs just three points to qualify in their next three matches. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> uh, they do have to go to the Azteca. I believe that is actually tomorrow or Thursday as we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, they also, I believe, play Panama and Costa Rica. Again, a win against either Panama or Costa Rica is good enough to at least finish fourth. Fourth will get you to the Intercontinental Playoff uh, against the Oceanic side. Um, so should be good enough to get you to the World Cup. Um, but again, Canada, almost in. Almost in, Canada. You got this, buddies. Um, down in down in South America, the the absolute crucible that it is. Um, Brazil, Argentina have already qualified. Ecuador almost through as well uh, with two matches to play. Uh, but Uruguay, Peru, Chile, and Colombia all still fighting for a spot. Uh, fourth place automatically goes. Fifth place um, goes to the intercontinental playoff. Um, and so we could be. The way things stand right now, looking at a tournament without Chile or Colombia going into the tournament. So, so big, big stuff there happening in Colombia. Uh, Oceania is a mess. We'll get to that in a little bit. News and notes 
And then finally, in UEFA qualification, um, on Thursday, there will be seven matches. Um, the Poland-Russia match was canceled. Russia's been kicked out, so Poland is automatically through to the final in their bracket. Elsewhere, uh, you will have Wales versus Austria. The winner of that one takes on Scotland. The winner of Scotland versus the Ukraine. That's a big bracket. Uh, the winner of Sweden and Czech Republic will be taking on Poland. We could see a final of Zlatan versus Robert Lewandowski for a right to go to the World Cup. That's big. And again, these matches are you, you only the winner of each group of four goes to the World Cup. So it's not enough to win one match. You got to win both. Um, so that that could be a, a, a thing there. And then. The one we've had our eyes on since the draw happened, since I actually learned how this part of qualification happened in UEFA. Portugal plays Turkey. Italy plays North Macedonia. The winners of those two matches will play. All right. So, yeah, those that, that Egypt-Senegal match looms large uh, for sure. Again, all those teams in Egypt – or sorry, not those teams in Egypt. All those teams in Africa playing against each other is it's home and home, two legs, winner goes through. I mean, you look at some of these other ones, um, you know, you have four what I would call almost mainstays over the last three, two or three World Cups here. Cameroon playing Algeria, Ghana playing Nigeria. I mean, those, those are names we've been hearing in the World Cup for a while now, and two of those teams are getting knocked out right now. So, yeah, there's a lot of of layers to the uh, the african qualification as well um but yeah this is what happens when, when you get to this part of the season and and yeah thankfully an international break will actually kind of have stuff to talk about next week uh, now i do believe yeah the 29th is that tuesday so a lot of this will be wrapped up by next tuesday which is great um so yeah we'll we'll be back we'll be seeing who's who's elated and who is devastated that they will not get to go to Qatar and to what will probably be one of the worst, worst World Cups ever. Um, but still a World Cup. Um, so with that, we, uh, we hit the news and notes. Um, and our latest tracking of Chelsea um, and, and their, their ongoings, uh, this coming from Matt Slater from The Athletic, uh, Chelsea likely to fetch highest price ever paid for a sports team after more than 20 parties make bids. Um, quite a lot of those have actually been from uh from the United States. Um we've had some from uh let's see uh it now seems the club's many suitors will have to raise their bids closer to three billion pounds or four billion dollars, a sum that would easily beat the three point thirty five billion Joseph Sy paid for the Brooklyn Nets and the Barclays Center in twenty nineteen. Um that is the largest check ever written for a sports franchise until now with the next biggest deals. And oh man, if you want to, I don't know if Chelsea wants to be included in this list, but again, the next biggest deals in all of sports, baseball's New York Mets, the Houston Rockets of the NBA, and NFL franchise, the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that, don't you? Good luck, Chelsea. And those are all grouped around the $2 billion mark. Um, the highest price ever paid for a football team is still uh, the £790 million the Glazer family spent buying Manchester United shares between 2003 and 2005. 
uh, which you know that's that's been worth every penny. Um, oh, they made their money, don't worry. <laughs> very true. <laughs> yes, that, that's never been the issue for them. Uh, in terms of who that might be, there are four bids that appear to have the inside track. Uh, they are the syndicate of investors assembled by the Los Angeles donor, Dodgers co-owner Todd Bowley, a bid led by the Ricketts family who owned the Dodgers fel- fellow baseball club, Chicago Cubs. That's such a weird sentence. The Ricketts family owned the Cubs. Uh, Anglo-American group involving Sir Martin Broughton and Crystal Palace co-owners Josh Harris and David Blitzer, and an offer from NFL side New York Jets owner Woody Johnson. Uh, oh. Others with a chance of making the shortlist include a bid funded by British private equity firm Centricus and one led by British property developer Nick Candy, who is backed by South Korean investors. A bid from the Saudi media group is not considered to be among the front runners, which just... <laughs> might be the best sentence in the entire article, to be fair. Um, but yeah, Wes, I'm not sure how much you've been following this, but I'm very interested to see who buys this team, because when I see te- names like the Ricketts, who uh, Chicago Cubs fans don't have the highest opinion of right now, and and people like Woody Johnson getting in, uh, getting his name involved. It's a dicey time, I feel, to be a Chelsea fan, and especially stepping into that situation for all the fans. It's it it seems like this could be a big mess, no matter who takes over. And to me, if anyone knows Ricketts, it's you, Edgar. Yes, got him from a oh. mosquito bite. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, I mean it, it's going to be a massive outlay of money for whoever comes up to Chelsea. <clears throat> um, it's one of those things where you figure if someone if someone or a group is able to put out that sort of money, that they're going to be able to uh, you know, they're going to be able to compete payroll wise with a lot of other teams. Uh, but then again, you just you never know. That's mm-hmm. the thing. You never really know what you're getting um, until it happens. And trust me, as a Liverpool fan, I mean, <laughs> I've seen the crap-ass owners and seen where they can come around and screw you, um, you know, no matter how much money you think they have. So either way, you know, this is not – this is definitely not going to be Roman Abramovich's Chelsea anymore. We know that. And um, – it's it's going to be a new era for the Blues, but whoever comes up with them, it's uh, it's going to be a massive deal, um, and I can only hope that Woody Johnson's name pops out of that hat at the end of the day because that would just be too damn hilarious for me. It it really would. I like part of me can't believe like I, I as much as much as American owners and even like we saw like American managers like Jesse Marsh has, has been getting shtick from fans. And I'm sure that, you know, people like John Henry went through it with Nabal Liverpool, at, at least Liverpool when, when they were bought by John Henry, John Henry had like a pretty good track record of, Hey, you know, the Red Sox hadn't won a world series in like 86 years. And then we came in and they started winning world series left and right. So, Hey, we're pretty good. Um, you talk about Woody Johnson and the Ricketts family coming in. I think that is a recipe for disaster if that happens. Um, so I, I obviously hope it happens because um, <laughs> that would be just uh, amazing. Too too good, too good. So we'll see. I, I'm sure they want to get this done sooner rather than later. Um, 
I'm not doing this story. I had this story up. Uh, Pogba says he experienced depression under former Manchester United manager Mourinho. He also said a bunch of other shit about joining PSG this week. This is just Pogba being Pogba. So depression's a real thing, but I don't want to hear about it from Paul Pogba, unfortunately. Have you ever seen a dude who just loves to hear himself talk more than Paul Pogba? Ironically enough, Josie Mourinho. <laughs> hey, those are two peas in the pod there. Um, Pogba, this is the thing is, I mean, this is just this is what Paul Pogba does every international break. He goes to international break. He talks about how amazing it is to play for France and how much he hates playing at United. <laughs> and then, I mean, this is still all going to end up with him probably getting a new United deal. Please. God, that'd be great. One. But um, yeah, I mean, that's. Paul Pogba, I mean, who even listens really to Paul Pogba even anymore? It's 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 really not worth it. I mean, Pogba just talks, man. That's what he does. He just talks. And, you know, people who really know anything just kind of, all right, whatever, Paul. Just whatever, dude. Let's see. Yeah, just like, again, these are some of the quotes. Um, for, this was, I think... Uh, Fabrizio Romano posted this on Twitter. Uh, Paul Pogba's future. We have to be honest. I'm not satisfied over the last five years, but not at all. That's sick, I think. Uh, the, this year, it's dead. We will win nothing again, whether it is with Manchester or in another club. I went to want to win trophies. Um, not, not that he's had any bearing on any of this, right? No. No. My other favorite thing about Paul Pogba, it's always just everybody else's fault, not Paul Pogba's fault. Uh, Paul Pogon, if you would sign for PSG, why not? It's always nice to play with your teammates in the national team and club. Uh, you have to be, uh, do, do, do that's where I said that. Uh, it's simple with France. I play and I play in my position. I know my role and I feel the confidence of the coach and the players. Okay. Uh, I get along very well with Didier Deschamps. He gave me a role that I know, but at Manchester United, do I really have a role? I asked the question, but I don't have an answer. <laughs> God, man. Like, well, let's just throw my squad under the bus this week. <sighs> just, just another week. At I least, like, at least, like Mbappe, like it's it's super obvious he wants to leave, and he's like going to. Pogba's been doing this dance for like four years now, and just like, dude, just just get over yourself, please. Which is that's like why i hate that we're making this oh i have depression like yeah you probably do and i feel real bad for you but you're also kind of an asshole so it's hard to feel sorry for you even though i want to because i think depression is such a real thing and i wish it was an easier conversation to have but like people like you yeah people like you don't make it easier no when when you basically bring it all upon yourself i mean don't don't try to just suddenly oh i have depression no that uh, depression is real but depression people talking about having depression can also be like the biggest cop out on earth it's like oh i need a way out of this so i'm just gonna say i was depressed ah shut up yeah that's that's it that's an interesting and it's a tough topic to to broach because, yeah. I mean, obviously we're not in the head of Paul Pogba, but mm-hmm. Paul Pogba is like the boy who cries wolf, and he's done it so many times that it's it's just hard to listen to Paul Pogba. Yeah, and, like, the thing is, like, I, I, I don't doubt, like, if he says he, he's, like, battled depression, I believe, like, dude, it's Josie Mourinho. Jo- Josie can, like, be just a dick. We get it. Um, 
uh, we we've all had dick bosses. You've had dick bosses. I've had dick bosses. Like it's happened. Like I I've been depressed. It sucks. Um, it's just it's hard for Pogba to cut a sympathetic figure, uh, and that's that's my problem with it because I think depression is a real problem for a lot of people, and we should normalize being able to talk about it. And I feel bad for saying not you though. Not you, Paul Pogba. <laughs> but like with everything else he says, I'm like, oh, why? It's like it's like that meme. The worst person you know just made a good point. <laughs> You're like, God damn it! It's, just, it's hard to it's hard to take anything Paul Pogba says seriously. Yeah. So, just what it is. Sorry, sorry. Just what it is. Yeah. Um, moving on to uh, to more important things, I guess. Uh, we did have uh, two more people get thrown into the Premier League Hall of Fame, which isn't really a hall of war. <laughs> it's just kind of a roll call, I guess, at this point. Um, but uh, Wayne Rooney and uh, Patrick Vieira are both now going in as part of the class of 2022. Uh, there will be six others coming from a short list of 25. Uh, this coming from an article on The Athletic, the Premier League Hall of Fame. What is it? And does it really matter? By Philip Buckingham. <laughs> um, it is It is really weird because, again, it's not like a building. It's not like Cooperstown or Canton, like we have it here in America. Um, it's, it's just like a, na- a list of names. And also, it's not like top-flight English football. It's just the Premier League. So, like, yeah, it's cool to, that these are like players are being recognized. And that's that's awesome. I I think that's great. Um, but I also think like, yeah, the, does it really matter for some of these players? And like Aguero was on the short list, which hey, Sergio Aguero, fantastic player, one of the best Premier League players of all time. But if he's on the list, that means there's essentially no wait time after you're done. That like because he just left City this at the start of this season, yeah. So there's like no turnaround time for this. So there's no like five year waiting period to be able to get into this Hall of Fame. So, uh, it, it, and if they're gonna put it, keep putting in like eight people a year, in like four years, we're gonna kind of run out of people who legitimately would be in a quote unquote Premier League mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. So I, I just. I think that once again, the Premier League is kind of going about this a very weird way, Wes. And I just, I, I think we're careening to a, a to a time of, you know, Ben Davies, congratulations, former Tottenham Hotspur winger, is getting into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Well done, Ben Davies. Like, I, I love Ben, but not that, please. Never played for Liverpool. <laughs> Thanks to his wonderful contributions for Liverpool, please welcome in Premier League Hall of Famer Divock Origi. Divock Origi, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I was kind of really interested when they started like the whole Hall of Fame thing. Yeah, same. Um, because I'm like, man, let's you know, let's uh, let's let's pop one, you know, let's pop one in uh, London or Manchester. Or, Wherever you want to put it, it would never put it in Liverpool because everybody hates Liverpool. But um, <laughs> I mean, put it where you want to, and let's you know, hey, let's have a building. Let's let's fill this thing with memorabilia. I mean, this thing could be freaking awesome. 
And two, I kind of agree. Like, why is it just got to be Premier League? I mean, you know, there's a lot of other football that's been played in this uh, in this country for a long, long time. Um, but you know, at the same time, I guess the Hall of Fame sell or the the Premier League sells well. But uh, there's a there are a lot, a lot, a lot of guys that should be recognized. And nothing against Rooney or any of them, but, you know, guys who should be recognized before the current crop is. Well, and here's something from the article that I don't think I realized, and if I did, I just forgot, <laughs> about the uh, this, this Hall of Fame. Um, this is being voted on by people around the world, by, like, fans on the internet. It's never a good thing. I, I just... Uh... That's not a good thing because they're just voting for their people. Yeah. So. Whatever. This, yeah, I, I like with you. I, when this was first announced a couple years ago, I thought this was really awesome. Like, I think we even like broke down like, oh, who would be the first class? Like, who would who would you pick for the the first couple people to be inducted? Um, would it be like even Sir Alex Ferguson? Would he get in like first ballot? And, and just like every time now, and nothing against Patrick Vieira and Wayne Rooney, like they. Yeah, probably, I, I was, hell, I, I wanted I wanted Patrick Vieira in the first one, so you know. Yeah, I, I thought Patrick Vieira should be in. So. Yeah, like these are good players who would have gotten you know Vieira on first ballot. Wayne Rooney would have gotten in eventually at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But yeah, just just really weird. So, yeah, there you go. Um, this from Holly Percival. Um, FIFA forced to restructure Oceania World Cup qualifiers after COVID-19 withdrawals. Lol, Lamau even. Um, so now what's going to happen is Group A, um, two of the teams had to leave, including the <laughs> Stalwarts, the Cook Islands, and Vanuatu uh, because of COVID-19 cases. Um, so now the Salt Islands <laughs> and Tahiti, the two remaining teams in that group, will play their one and only match on Thursday to determine the group winner and their runner-up. Uh, so New Zealand has already advanced from the other group. Uh, Papua New Guinea and Fiji are battling it out for second place. Um, the winner of this whole little thing that they're currently doing in, uh, I think, uh, Qatar, actually, because... They can't do it in their home region. Um, we'll be going to an intercontinental playoff and may not even make the World Cup proper. Um, and as someone posted in the comments, and I completely agreed, and then was reminded later in the comments of why that can't that won't actually happen. Uh, Matthew W saying in the comments, not sure why the Oceania Federation still exists because the, there's no good teams anymore anymore now that Australia's gone. Uh, the Asia Federation should be split into a Middle Eastern Federation and an East Asian Federation, with Oceania mm-hmm. then joining the East Asian Federation. Makes perfect sense. Um, but as Andrew P. noted later, uh, I'm pretty sure Oceania gets an auto bid with the expanded World Cup. Then it becomes a factor, and the Kiwis, aka New Zealand, will pretty much forever be in the World Cup. So yay! Way. Good for them. Good for the expanded World Cup. Hooray. That's that's great. Good, good for good for them. I'm I'm so excited for this expanded World Cup in four years. It's it is it's going. To, at least they'll be in, at least they'll be in a good time zone. Um. Mm-hmm. 
So with that, uh, we are going to go now to Pimpin' the Athletic. Wes, what you've been reading? I, I ask what you've been reading, but I feel like based on the beginning of our conversation today, I think I know where you're going with this. Well, there's a few places to go in here. Okay. Um, there's been so much good stuff. But man, there's only one story that I can start with this week. And it is by... Jason Jinks and Mike Sando. This dropped on Monday in oh, the Rock oh. of the American Football World. Mwah! Shifts kiss. Uh, the most toxic environment I've ever been a part of inside <sighs> Urban Meyer's disastrous year with the Jaguars. Delicious. Delicious. Oh, Urban Meyer. All the things that we knew we loved to hate about Urban Meyer. He just... He just confirms everything everything and then and then and (laughs) then adds more yes um just some of the fantastic quotes in here um i just i just gotta touch a few uh so (laughs) in a preseason game uh, one of his players missed an assignment during a preseason game leading to a busted play. Meyer was enraged when it happened in a preseason game. Yep. A day later, he a day later still fuming if the mistake ever happened again, Meyer warned he would cut every single one of them. And quote, and do you know what would happen if I cut you guys? You couldn't get a job paying more than $15 an hour. The implication that his players were capable of a little more than playing football left some angry others offended. I lost all respect for him after that. A veteran in the player said, "A veteran player in the room said." Oh boy. Oh. Um, uh, the, I think the the one that stuck out, I believe, the most to each of us uh, was when after a uh, after a practice. Um, here it is. Not long after veteran receiver John Brown signed with the Jaguars a free agent, he ran the wrong route in practice. To correct the mistake, Brown, who is from Florida, and rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence ran through the route again after oh. practice. Which, that sounds great, right? I mean, hey, that's what you should do. Man, I messed up. Let's get a little extra work. Awesome. Love you know? to hear it. And, and here's your rookie quarterback, the franchise cornerstone of your franchise, Trevor Lawrence, uh, out there throwing to him. Awesome. Meyer walked up to the pair. Hey, Trevor, you've got to go slow. You've got to slow it down for him, Meyer said, according to the sources. These boys from the South, their transcripts ain't right. Oh, God. So not only does Urban Meyer just decide to insult the guy who's trying to put in some extra work to get things right. Mm-hmm. Not only does he decide to insult the guy, but then he does it to the rookie quarterback and the guy standing right there. And then just decides, well, you know what? He's from he's from Florida. He must be an idiot. <laughs> and then on top of it says these boys, which you can you can uh, take some racial connotations to that if you really want to break it down into that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Now, Ed, I know Urban Meyer's last job was at the Ohio State University, a bastion of higher learning, as we know. Oh, of course. Where, but before then, Ed, 
Where was that place that Urban Meyer was? I believe he won a pair of national titles there. I, oh, yes. The University of Florida. <laughs> where he won national titles basically on the backs of Southern kids. Oh, not only that, but Trevor Lawrence was born in Tennessee, raised in Georgia, and went to high and went to college in South Carolina. What a tone deaf piece of shit, asshole. Yep. That's just all I can say for him. He's he's such a piece of trash. <laughs> this is wonderful, and apparently there's more out there. I just I just hope it just just keep releasing these. Release one a week. We need to admire exposés every week. Please. At least until at least until somebody in the Mountain West decides to hire. Because <laughs> <laughs> by God, we got to win football games. You you say that. And all I can think is that a school just tried to hire Art Briles. <laughs> the dude who covered up rape at Baylor. Oh, God. It, it just, yeah. Amazing. Uh, man, can he call some offense? Mm, mm. <clears throat> all right. Whew. So, we got that out of the way because that is just... That is just the fucking story of stories right now. <laughs> oh, so, so great. Um, here we go. Uh, a different story. Heim, how are we saying Heim Bloom's name? Is it Heim, Chaim, Chaim? I think Heim? it's, I thought it was Chaim, but I could be wrong. Okay. Well, we're going with the Red Sox president, general manager, whatever the hell he's called. Mr. Bloom. Bloom. <laughs> Mr. Bloom finally makes his move with first free agent splash. That was a big deal. Boston Red Sox uh, signing free agent shortstop Trevor Story. It's your $140 million deal on uh, Monday of this week. Sunday or Monday, whenever it happened. Um, yeah, so, you know, for about two years now, Red Sox fans have been screaming you know, Red Sox fans, they're really low-key and don't usually scream and make a big yeah. deal about shit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, certainly. Uh, of which you and I both are, so we can we can say this with very clear consciences. Yes. Um, have been screaming for a big money signing. Well, uh, Mr. Bloom has now given them one. Uh, Trevor Story is on board. Uh, practiced, I believe, saw live pitching today for the first time, today being Wednesday. And he is now a cornerstone for the Red Sox for the next five to six years. Um, I'm just going into it, just taking a look at things in this story. But I guess, Ed, just uh, what, what are what are your thoughts on it? I honestly wasn't the biggest Trevor Story fan. I have issues signing offensive players out of Colorado yeah. because you never know how skewed those numbers are. Mm-hmm. And, now we've given Trevor Story big money for six years. And not only that, but he's going to play second base this year, which he's never played in the big leagues. Yeah, I am, uh, I'm very worried about this. Um, I hope this wasn't like a, oh, let's just go on by a big name free agent kind of, kind of move just to say, hey, look, we're trying. Um, and I think Trevor Story is good. I actually, I actually think he's good. I, I do think he's someone who can 
come out of Colorado and still be a productive hitter. I am slightly worried about him coming, going from an environment like Colorado to Boston and then having to, and, and being like the first marquee signing in a few years, changing positions. Um, and especially after last year's team kind of overperformed last year a little bit and was just a few wins away from the World Series, I, I just wonder what that's going to do. I wonder what his mental is. Um, so this is, I, I hope they did their due diligence on this because, I mean, this could be a great move for Boston. Um, also because, as I saw somebody put, like, um, if Bogarts leaves at the end of this coming season, well, you have your shortstop for the next five years. You're, you're already good there. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be a very interesting experiment, and I hope that he performs well and he doesn't tank his mental in the process, having to to move positions because it's not people. People might think moving to shortstop to second is like super easy. It's not. It's really not. So yeah, I I I was I'm cautiously excited about this because it is a big get, but I. I very much I'm not I don't have rose tinted glasses. <laughs> I can see the red flags that are cropping up with this potentially with this move. Well, and also the Red Sox are not exactly like always fantastic when it comes to big money signings. No. I mean, the last one, you know, and and it's not that it's not that their big money signings always bomb because they don't but sometimes at the end of those, you're like, God, did we really get that much value out of these players? Yeah. I mean, really, you think the last real big money, this is the biggest signing in Boston uh, money-wise since the David Price deal. Oof. And at the end of the day, you look at the David Price deal, and it's like, did we get the value out of David Price over that time that uh, we signed him for? The quick answer is no. Well, then you look at it, you're like, well, but look at the 2018 postseason when David Price yep. was absolute money, and we don't win a World Series without David Price. Mm -hmm. So was it worth it? Well, uh, I mean, think of, let's go back further, a big money signing. Think of J.D. Drew. J.D. Mm -hmm. Drew, everyone screams, well, he, he deserved his contract over, what, two grand slams in the World Series. Yep. <laughs> it's like, all right, fuck, yeah, okay, good job, J.D. Drew. Other than that, we threw a damn conniption about J.D. Drew for like four years. <laughs> uh, you know, big money signings in baseball, <clears throat> man, they have gotten really, really finicky, you know? Mm -hmm. you, you, know you, you put out a lot of money. Um, it, it's, it's, it's one thing to sign your own homegrown guys to these big, long deals. Man, it, it's like... At the end of the day, you never get the value of these guys when you are signing these huge free agent deals. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's it. Not my money. It's Mr. Henry's money. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I and, and as you know, Ed, I am never one to, to besmirch someone based on them making money. I love guys making money. Oh, of course. But it, it, the only thing I worry about is when it comes down to you know, is my team going to be able to go out and get other players or are we kind of stuck with an albatross of a contract? Mm -hmm. So that's 
my only issue, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, other than that, whatever. I mean, he's he has proven to be a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a great season last year, but he he's been a good player. So mm-hmm. uh, all I can do is sit back and trust uh, Mr. Bloom. <laughs> we're, we're gonna figure, we're gonna figure out how to say his name. Uh, it, it would be nice if I was at this point. You know? Yeah. Uh, we're going to get it figured out, but, uh, you know, he's, he's done a really good job in the time he's been there. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll give him, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my couple stories, uh, I also had this one about Urban Meyer and and I want to read this part just real quick and then, and then we'll move on. Um, uh, let's see. Meyer City conducted a six-month deep dive on the NFL that included interviews with his former Florida and Ohio State players as well as a study of the salary cap. But multiple sources said Meyer was unfamiliar with star players around the league, including 49ers receiver Debo Samuel, Seahawks safety Jamal Adams, and Rabs defensive tackle Aaron Donald, a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Who's this 99 guy on the Rams, Meyer asked one staffer during the season, according to a source. I'm here, and he might be a problem for us. In his first staff meeting, Meyer criticized the way NFL teams operate, noting specifically that coaches fail to take proper care of players' health. And then, according to multiple sources in the meeting, Meyer said, I hate scouts. Scouts are lazy. It was an especially jarring comment, given that scouts were also in the room. Just... Bang up job, Urban. Bang up job. Um, and the last thing I will say about this, kudos to DJ Chark. Um, it's not often, and I, I, as I saw one person put in the comments, he by no means had the most explosive quotes in this article, but the fact that an active NFL player went on record and talked mm-hmm. about how bad it was under Urban Meyer was something you don't see every day when when shitty coaches are getting kicked out the door. So kudos to DJ Chark and also exemplifying how bad it was there. Um, I, I don't have the article. Um, if I can find it real quick, I will. I read it over the weekend and I forgot to save it. Um, oh, here it is. It's actually on the front page uh, by Dan Hayes and Ken Rosenthal. Uh, there's a guy who fits your ballpark, how the Twins and Carlos Correa pulled off the offseason's biggest shock. Uh, fun little uh, insight into the hours leading up to uh, the Twins signing Carlos Correa, uh, which which is definitely worth a read. I really enjoyed it. Uh, also got a shout out for Mellow Mushroom in the story. So that's pretty good. I do like Mellow Mushroom. Um, and then finally... This by Stan Steschel. Uh, MLS media rights deal not likely to be a game changer, sources say. Um, which is uh, not something we want to hear when uh, when we when we hear these re-upping of deals with the NFL and you know even you know we had the Premier League bidding war, which was insane. Um, the fact that MLS media next media deal will go up a little bit, but not by very much, uh, is not a great sign. Uh, according to the sources, NBC, CBS, and Fox have not shown much, if any, interest in the league's rights. Um, Fox has been one of the league's broadcast partners in some form since 2003, but the network has scaled back its coverage since the onset of the pandemic and is still regularly having commentators call matches 
from its Southern California studios instead of sending them to stadiums. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's a little bit disconcerting uh, when when you when you look at that. Um, right now, their deal is falling right between ESPN's La Liga deal and CBS's Serie A deal. So, not ideal in terms of the annual revenue. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see who actually ends up getting getting the uh, the rights for that. Um, so yeah, that's that's the athletic. Uh, which means now we hit the part of the pod where we talk about what we've been watching, the watch for. Wes, what you're watching in the week that was or the week that will be? I watched this past week. God, I haven't... I don't know if I've actually sat down for a TV in the past week. It's been a very busy week. It's, Understand. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, do you remember we watched one thing? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to report on it. I watched one thing. We watched uh, with my my sweet little princess. We watched the in, Encanto. Encanto, yeah. Yeah, Encanto. Mm-hmm. And I learned some things. Apparently, we don't talk about Bruno. Um, <laughs> I figured, of course, they meant, you know, Manchester United's Bruno, which oh. I have no need to talk about him because he's Bruno. <laughs> uh, um but no, a, 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 a good a good Disney movie, you know, Disney just they know how to churn out a good hit. Um, it's a good one. The kids love it. My kid sings it nonstop. Um, I've seen other parents talking about, oh God, why will this why will this not end? So uh, you know, good times there. But uh, yeah, that's honestly that's about the only thing I've watched. Oh, a little, little bit of spring football, you know me? A little <laughs> spring ball. A little spring ball, a little, little baseball, a little spring ball, man. That's all I've watched in Canto. Um, did you did you ever end up watching the uh the bonus letter Kenny episode? Oh goodness, did we? <laughs> oh boy, howdy. That was that was some absolutely epic. Mm-hmm. Epic chirping going on in that one. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was fantastic. Uh, Got to meet Professor Trish. Oh my goodness! Yes, we did. Ooh, <laughs> Professor Trisha. Yeah. My gracious. Yep. You saw she needed to get out of her work clothes, and I don't think anybody was complaining about that. That was that was, that was, a, that was a very weird scene to watch. Not that not that I you know minded that much, but it was just like. You just like, see it starting, you're like, okay, when are they cutting it? When are they cutting No, they're just gonna keep oh okay, okay, we're just we're just doing this. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, cool deal. Yeah. Um just yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic. Um uh Mrs. McMurray and oh, God. our good friend Mr. McMurray just absolutely stealing their scenes as they usually do. Yes. Um, McMurray's ode to loving his wife. <laughs> Just one of the one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard. I laughed so hard through it. Uh, and you know what? My God, at the end of the day, you could tell those two McMurrays. They do love each other. They love each other a whole lot. They and that hold. just makes me feel good. They whole lot. I will also say. 
um, the the last scene of of Wayne getting like real in touch with his feelings and like marching oh. down to go tell Katie and just like the way like Letter Kenny is a super dumb show. It's really stupid. Um, but the way um, Jared Kiso and I'm so sorry I forget the the, the actress who plays Katie. Um, the way they played that final scene of that episode, just actually really good acting right there from both of them. I thought very both in character, very well done. Um, a, a legitimate good piece of television um, outside of the enjoyable dreck that was the rest of that episode. Because it was dreck, but it was very oh, enjoyable it was, dreck. It was filthy. It was. Uh, it took it took the Valentine's Day episode and cranked it up to eleven. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'll never yeah. look at socks the same way again. <laughs> oh well. With that, we are coming to the end of our podcast. Uh, as always, podcast presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Uh, you can find them on the socials as well as us on Twitter. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, and uh, email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including uh, Anchor, which is powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to send us a voice message, just click on the link in the description and you can shoot us one. And if we like it, we'll play it during the podcast. Um, Hell yeah, send on send, send, send your thoughts on spring football. Come to, Hell just shoot those in. Um, but Wes, before we get out of here, anything else you want to mention? Um, so, I know we, we've touched on a little bit of baseball. we touched on some things. Um, I'm just... I'm just excited it's back, man. Uh, we, we've had a frenzy of activity in the last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's That's been fun and entertaining. Still more to come. Uh, got got to find a landing spot for my boy Brian Goodwin. Um, mm-hmm. So somebody just needs to make that happen, and I'll be uh, very happy uh, going forward. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's really all I got, man. It, baseball's Baseball's coming back. They've kind of been dicks, but we're going to get it. We're going to get it. So, yes. I do want to give a quick shout out um, in the college baseball world to the University of Virginia. Um, 20 and 1 to start the season. Um, and real quick, they, they started their season in that, that weird tournament in Boiling Springs, North, North Carolina. Um, and they played a team I'd literally never heard of called. Bellarmine. Apparently they're from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and they won one nil. And you're like, ooh, this is a, this is an interesting season. Here are the results since that game against Bellarmine. 7-0 win against Gardner Webb. 8-3 win against New Jersey Tech. And you're like, okay. 14-0 against VMI. 24-9 against Cornell. 17-2 against Cornell. 19-1 against Cornell. 12 nothing against William and Mary, 10 to 1 against Penn State, 10 to 4 against Penn State, 13 to 1 against Penn State, 10 to 2 against George Washington, 5 nothing over Duke, 13 to 1 over Duke, their first loss of the season 7 to 6 at Duke, then 14 to 4 win over Ryder, 12 to 3 win over Ryder, 7 and 6 win versus Boston College, 
18 to 1 win over Boston College, 16 to 8 win over Boston College, 15 to 3 win over Towson this week. That's some offensive production. And like again, I know these aren't the strongest teams in the world they've been playing. You're reaching double digits that consistently, especially in weekend matchups. You're doing something right. So I'm excited to see where this Virginia team goes from here. They're up to uh, 10th place, I think, on D1Baseball.com. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good teams in college baseball. A lot of them in the South, shockingly. Um, you know, mm. probably probably need to check some of their transcripts, but uh, according to mm. our... Mm. Good job, Urban. Maybe Urban <laughs> could go coach some baseball. Oh, God. No, just just scream throw them it, off. Just of... scream at guys and threaten to <laughs> kick them off for swinging at a strike or something. <laughs> for my crime, crime was Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here, everyone, this week. And until next time, stay safe and enjoy the football. My Jacksonville Jaguar fans, just think you don't ever have to deal with that jackass again. Oh man, can't believe he lasted as long as he did. Oh, man, I bet he's going to be back for some spring practice, man. Just, like, like as soon as he was doing the thing with the, the girl at his restaurant, like... You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.